Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wonky Cast. On this week's show, we are chatting with one of the organisers of the Nine Worlds Geek Fest, which we had the pleasure of attending over the weekend, uh, the review of which you can find on the Wonky Spanner website. Uh, we'll stick the links to that in the show notes so you can have a look at it. Or possibly you even read that review and then came here to listen to the podcast based on that review. So if you did, then that's cool and you already know what this is. Uh, So, yes, we were chatting to Eric Schultz, who is one of the uh, organisers of the Nine Worlds Geek Fest. He gives us a bit of a rundown on where the event came from, how it all started up, what they're trying to achieve with it, and, most importantly, what you can look forward to at next year's show if you missed this one. Fantastic. Thanks for coming along. Uh, obviously taking your time. We're right yeah. smack bang in the middle of the day at the moment, so yeah, yeah. thank you very much for taking no, time. No, it's uh, great. Yeah. Uh, how's, how's, how's today been going? So far, so good. Yeah, no yeah. major problems today. So, uh, give us a bit of a background on, on, the, on the convention. Kind of how, how did the idea for this come about? Because it's only its second year this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's so right. How, how did the kind of idea for the convention come about? Well, um, me uh, and, a, and a few of the other organizers have been going to American conventions for a long time. Um, and so we're like, oh, nothing really like that exists here in the UK. We have the sort of the expos. And yeah, it's the like the Expo, yeah, Expos, London and, Film and Comic Con. Yeah, that kind of and, thing. and that's, that's great for what it is, but it's not really that sort of big, immersive, residential con experience that we were getting from... Uh, the States. Mm. And there were some events here, uh, and great events, like EasterCon, but they're very literary focused. Yeah. And we were sort of like, hmm, something multimedia, and sort of trying to bring all the strands of fandom together. Mm. Um, And so we started talking about this with lots of friends, and they were like, yeah, yeah, do it. And we're like, okay. Uh, And then we rolled out a Kickstarter, and it was really successful, and we felt like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of interest in this. Mm. So, um, let's let's see what can happen and as we started moving forward just a fantastic bunch of people joined us from all different kinds of uh, areas of fandom just people who are huge enthusiasts themselves or people that run events on specific areas of fandom and uh, that just built this up this momentum I mean the first year we had 50 volunteers running uh, content I think this year we're probably up towards 70 okay um, and because uh, there's, there's yeah. something along the lines of what 20 odd different tracks going on <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah so there's there's a whole lot of stuff and it, it really does run the gamut of all sorts of different things you've got everything from like food geekery that's and right cosplay and that kind of thing and then to things like LARP and it goes as far as the kind of tech side of geekery and, and yeah. maths and that that sort of thing um did, did you kind of sit down originally and go you know what we just want it to kind of include everything or did you kind of go we, we'd like a bit of this and a bit of that and was it kind of just like a blue sky thing of this yeah. is what we want um one more time sorry could you ask well, that again what was did you kind of set out to go hey you know what we want to do this massively eclectic mix mm-hmm. of of stuff yeah. or, or did it just kind of grow that way from people wanting to input um, both. Um, we had a dream of this massively eclectic uh, group of stuff, and then we got a different massive eclectic group of stuff uh, that wasn't quite what we were dreaming, but was beyond what we were dreaming in many cases. Yeah. Um, because we went out there and said, 
who wants to be a part of this? And lots and lots of people did come mm. in, and we were introduced to fandoms that we didn't even know existed. Okay. Uh, and that was fabulous, because it turns out they're really popular. Yeah, what, what sort of things were they that I was well, surprised by? Um, social gaming, for example, I'd okay. never even heard of. Um, and it turns out that's hugely popular. So, uh, so is that in terms of like board games? And, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. no, no, that's the, uh, we have board games as well, but the social gamers, they take... Uh, like childhood like fun games mm -hmm. and reorient them for adult uh, oh, I, okay. play in just sort of a social mingling icebreakery okay kind of situation yeah okay, yeah it, it's not something i've come across yeah really. i do so a lot of gaming but that's it's all a fan, tabletop that, and that's a fan uh, a fandom um i personally wasn't so aware of how big fanfic mm. writing and reading is yeah. But that's actually one of our uh, core elements here. Mm. Is a I mean, that, really popular. It's a huge community. It's a now, huge it? community um, that's come together, and then they find Nine Worlds a really good space to do that in. Because mm. I think that um, certainly stuff like fanfic seems to have taken off a lot in the, in the last couple of years. But you know, stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey, which obviously that started out as fanfic, Absolutely. and then that yep. kind of exploded. So I think I think the world kind of accepts that kind of mm -hmm. thing a bit more now. Yeah. Do, do you? Do you find that the, the kind of group of people that are coming here, is it still a very mixed crowd of people or are you getting more mainstream attendance or is it, is it the people who want to come to an event because it's, it's theirs? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to answer that one actually. Um, I'm not quite sure what the motivations for people are. We do get uh, new tracks that seem a little bit more mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, as a result of last year's, for example, we developed a Whedon track because yeah. people came to our event last year and they're like, this is great, but you don't have enough Whedon. <laughs> and we're There's like, never enough Whedon in well, the world. <laughs> why don't you do something about it? And, and to our surprise, they came back with a whole proposal for a, for a track. <laughs> that's the thing. And we're like, that wow, people, that's fabulous. Do. Okay, you guys go. Um, and so that that I would sort of categorize in the in the field of more mainstream yeah, fandom. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, like Game of Thrones are the big ones. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. What, Same what, situation what I've there. noticed is one of the massive differences between the expos and the London Film and Comic Cons, mm -hmm. where you all get thousands of you shoved in a room when you yeah. can't even get to see the merchandise. Here it's quite almost a, it's a very personal experience. Mm -hmm. There are so many tracks that there's. There's probably only like less than thirty people in a room, right? Um, and it just feels a lot more personal yeah. mm -hmm. um, as as an event, yeah. and, and that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we were aiming for, and that's my experience of of some of the big residential hotel cons in America as well. Um, Dragon Con, for example, I think a lot of their sessions are the size that that we do, and they have lots and lots of diverse. Uh, smaller fandoms and of course they have the huge sort of 3,000 person uh, panel of, of uh, Lord of the Rings actors or whatever but uh, that isn't really the the meat and potatoes of the con mm. I think it is the steampunks and it is the the um, YA fiction enthusiasts and people like that and they gather in small groups of 50 or 100 people to talk about their stuff. We, yeah. we, we, visited, we visited the steampunks in the basement earlier. Yeah. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> steampunks are located in the furthest part of the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we do a lot of steampunk events. So it, it, it's, uh, we tend to try, to try and find where they are and have a chat with them. And, yeah, Great. Followed the, all the signs and we're like, yep. you're trekking through Mordor to get to this now. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side, there'd be steampunks. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, give what are your sort of highlights of a weekend like this? Because obviously, as as cons develop, there are certain things that happen, like they have that, that things like masquerade balls and stuff mm-hmm. at other events that become the kind of linchpin events of, of a con. What, mm-hmm. what 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 would you say is the is the one here, or, or um, a couple of them? Well, um, I'm probably biased because I'm in charge of the Ents program, the okay. entertainment program here. So I really enjoyed the uh, Queen tribute band that oh, played right. last night. And cool. It was a really good atmosphere. Um, and I think this band probably had never played to a crowd of, of 300 people of whom knew every word <laughs> of every Queen song they played. And they were just like, this is amazing. They just turned the <laughs> microphone onto the crowd and the crowd sang the songs for them. And they were awesome. like, wow. So they, they felt like superstars. Yeah. And, and it was a really good atmosphere in there. Um, so that was my favorite bit of the, okay, of the cool. con so far. Okay. And what, what have we got coming up over, over the rest of today and, uh, and tomorrow even? Because you're still yeah. on tomorrow, aren't you? We're, we're on till tomorrow evening. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, we've got a, a really cool uh, party going on in the books room. Uh, a high school prom themed event called Promenado. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they've uh, they've got a mix of readings and music and uh, drinks and nibbles. Um, so that's sort of a, a socializing and getting a chance to meet uh, authors. Um, the LGBT track uh, has a queer cabaret going on tonight. So they've got a wide variety of. Uh, of artists uh, up on our main stage, um, and then they'll uh, that'll turn into a disco after that. Um, and late tonight, we've got our rock band uh, team, okay, um, which is a uh, was really popular last year. Oh, is, is that as in rock band the game? It is rock oh, right. band the awesome. game, except that they've they've totally hacked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with all like fabulous instruments and light shows and the whole thing so they've got the sort of playing the club experience going on there yeah. and uh, the queue was out the door last year for people looking to get up there and and play in the rock band and they've got all the songs ever sweet uh, so they can go on all night those guys uh, yeah. like fun. it is a, it is a good it is a good gig actually Dust off the guitars yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now another thing about this convention that kind of sets it apart is is its concept of inclusivity mm-hmm. uh, and kind of just and general social awareness which is not something that a lot of cons do I mean, we've we've been to cons in the past where you know we felt uncomfortable because of how how people are acting towards other people and there's ended up with some kind of like sour atmospheres and mm-hmm. certainly at the late night sleazy stuff. men after yeah. bikini layers yeah all oh, right that yeah. kind of thing so I mean, was that kind of idea of social acceptance uh, and inclusivity was that something that you really wanted to put into this to start with mm-hmm. where did that come from well it was definitely something that we felt uh, the world needed um, that was a huge motivation. I mean, we were going to these conventions and we were enjoying them, the existing established uh, conventions, while at the same time recognizing that they are things of their time and many of them are 30 years old and their culture hasn't changed as much as the times have, but the times have changed mm. and we're moving more into a world of social acceptance and uh, and social responsibility, I think, on the part of, of con attendees. Um, and so it only made sense for a new con to start 
with a new agenda mm. on that on that front, and we've really put inclusivity uh, forward. Um, we've really made it as safe a space as we can uh, mm. for many different uh, groups that have at times felt uh, marginalized or threatened within other communities of. of Geekdom, so mm. that was that was a huge important issue for us. Yeah. The, the color labeling is especially good with you know mm -hmm. people with social anxiety yeah. and the fact that you know you can say don't talk to me or mm -hmm. I'm shy or you know I'll talk to you if you I know you sort of thing. Yeah, um, and that's that's a really nice touch. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, no, there's there's little bits that that uh, people suggest to us or we come up on our own. Um, another thing that's popular this year are pronoun badges. Um, so people who uh, wish to be identified by a certain pronoun can wear a badge that says, hey, call me this. Sure. Uh, and that's an optional thing that can, people can use, but it's another, um, a small little thing that really takes no effort on our part, but makes the con experience more pleasant for mm -hmm. certain attendees. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not hard to do, really. It's not hard to sit down and think, how can we make this an even better space uh, with the recognition that Lots of little groups have little things they need that don't actually take anything away from anybody else to to uh, to put that on the table. Yeah, because I mean, there's certainly a very different feel at this to a lot of the other conventions. Because like the big expos and things that I've covered in the past, there mm -hmm. they are very much like they you, you don't charge that much to get into them, but then everything you do when you're in there, you have to pay and you have to queue up for all this X, Y, and Z. And right. this seems to be very much like well, there's all this stuff going on. If you want to be involved, great, go and do it, and just mm -hmm. go and explore and find your own thing right I think that's an excellent thing for a convention to have because I, I think it's it's too easy I think for conventions to kind of go oh we can make lots of money doing X right um, it, again is that something that you kind of thought of to, to start with where you kind of like you know when you when you've paid to get in you're in and then yeah if you want to buy stuff from salespeople fine do it but that's yeah. we're not going to charge you extra for all this extra stuff Basically, because we're con goers ourselves, we just sat down and thought, what's the con we'd like to go to? Mm. Uh, and that's the con that we built. Um, and, and as you say, I mean, nobody wants to be uh, charged and charged and charged all weekend long. Mm. Uh, it makes sense to front load all the costs. Uh, and that's why we're, I mean, a lot of people will email us throughout the year and it's like, wow, you guys are four times more expensive than London Film and Comic Con. <laughs> but that's because... And then you have Peter Dinklage. You don't have Peter Dinklage. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, yeah, but if you go there, that's a different experience and that's, that's about standing in queue to get Peter Dinklage to sign your photo for 45 quid. Yeah. And this is a different experience that we have here. Uh, and that's... Do you find, it, do, do you find people take a while to get their heads around that as a concept. People who've only been to the expos really don't understand what we're doing here. Um, and a lot of our uh, initial fan base came from people who have more experience with organizations like Worldcon and mm. Eastercon or have been overseas and have enjoyed events like Comic-Con in San Diego or DragonCon or GenCon. And they're aware of what sort of the big residential weekend convention could be. And those are the people who backed our Kickstarter and were really excited by this idea. Yeah. But we're still continually having to explain to people why that this isn't a 15 quid yeah. uh, thing. 
Yeah. I yeah. much prefer the costs up front because you know what you're getting into. I just sure. feel like when I go to the expos, you're just being ripped off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you don't even really get anywhere to sit. I mean, here you, you supply water. Yeah, it's water. It's a fantastic concept. <laughs> water. That is the thing. There's, there's water freely available around the place. You don't have to like go and like, mug someone for a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the water was definitely on our list of things. We're like, what do we wish we could have at our convention? Wow, wouldn't it be great if people could drink water? Uh, yeah, so that's where I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, is because I, th- I think the UK convention and event scene is it at the moment it's going through what seems like a massive period of growth. There seems to be conventions springing up everywhere, you know, in all the kind of holiday camps for the weekends they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not just this kind of thing, it, it's like a music festival that they're doing mm-hmm. for a weekend, that sort of thing. Uh, and a lot of them, unfortunately, I mean, there was a, a very prominent example recently, I don't know if you've heard of, of Outfest. Of course, yes. Uh, and and the, the, the problems that they've had last week. Yep. It seems like it's a very tough market to kind of, to, to start something like this. And I think, because I think they even started from a Kickstarter backing. They did, at, yeah. Uh, in a kind of similar vein. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you find it a challenge getting people to buy into this sort of thing to begin with? Um, not really, but that's because this is whatever people bring to it. Mm. Um, so if a thousand people want to come to this, that's the event that we put on. Sure. Um, and we're not, uh, underwriting Marilyn Manson here. Yeah. So if a thousand people give us their money, they'll get that event. And if 1,500 people give us their money, they'll get that event. So yeah, the um, more people, the more, more money, people the more you get. Stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we are growing, um, and next year we'll be over two hotels uh, completely. I don't know if you made it last year. Uh, no, no, I didn't. We, we couldn't make yeah. it last year. I think we, we only just heard about it oh, right. like, the week before. I understand. Because we, we had Emma Newman on the show right. oh, yeah. last year. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to this thing next week. Oh. And we're like, well, that sounds amazing. She's like, that's next week, but you can't make it. Oh, so, yeah. oh we love Emma so much here. She's but, fantastic. Yes. She, was, she was due to come up, but couldn't make it. We'll yeah. catch up with her again later. Yeah, she's but last, last year we were at the Renaissance across the road. Mm. Um, and this year it worked better for us to be here at the Radisson. But next year we'll be at both hotels. Okay. So um, we've got some new tracks coming and we're uh, growing with numbers. Cool. Um, but yeah, so... In a sense, we don't really have a, we need to make so much money to make this go on. We really could put this event on for 500 people. It sure. would just be a different event. It's just um, the more that more people arrive, the more occurs. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's more money for new tracks and, mm. and different kinds of events. But I don't think that at the end of the day, that really is what brings people here. They want to gather with uh, fellow geeks mm. and talk about the things that excite them over the weekend. Absolutely. So that's, that's, a, that's a plus for us. Yeah. And so, anything big and exciting that you could say about you've got coming up next year? Um, well, we're Any going... Big plans? Yeah. Um, one of our really popular tracks this year uh, that's running for the first time is Food Geekery. Yeah. So we're definitely going to give them some more space. Um, and they have all kinds of ideas about uh, bringing in craft beer people and people who make unusual cheeses and that molecular mixology. Um, and so that's going to be a, a track that expands for us. Um, and next year we're going to have a dedicated science track all right, awesome. on, on top of other things. This year we have the Royal Observatory talking about space exploration and issues um, 
around, uh, especially around their longitude. Uh, we were down, there last, we were down yeah. there last week at the. At so the uh, that's the hugely popular, and so that's going to expand out to be a, a full-on science track, looking at lots of different things. Um, I would highly recommend Festival of the Spoken Nerd if you've not come across them. We have, and I'm sure that we will eventually find a way to connect with They're them fantastic. because they, they are amazing. They came on the show about a month yes. ago. We were chatting to them. They're lovely, mm-hmm. lovely guys. Them. Prepare um, the food geekery. Mm-hmm. Knitting with strawberry laces. I've never considered it. <laughs> it could so happen. Edible sweaters. <laughs> yes, they are definitely knitting with uh, strawberry laces. Cool. All right, yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. I hope it all goes well for the rest of the day. Yeah, thanks so much. No this worries. Is great. Thank you very much. Okay. Big fucking guns!